Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, pod people, and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the movie show that pits two films with something in common against each other to see which one did it better. And welcome to this week's killer contest that saw Arnie beating the system by winning The Running Man on Monday. And today sees Daniel Radcliffe taking on the trolls in violent shoot-em-up Guns Akimbo. I'm Miles, and this is the story of the worst day of my life. Another schism. 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 Schism picked random psychos, weirdos, and criminals and made them fight each other to the death. So the internet walked it. And then I came into the picture. You scared yet? Welcome to Schism. But who will be victorious and whose game is over? You're about to find out in Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hi, Clash Podders. I'm Chris Tilly. I'm Vicky Crompton. And I'm Alex. Please don't smash my hands. I really like them, Zane. Alex, mm. do you want to remind our listeners why you are making them watch so much violence this week? Because uh, violence in films is is great. <laughs> cool. That solves problems. <laughs> uh, because I watched Running Man ages ago. I've always wanted to do it on the show. I've been looking for something to pair it with that wasn't utter rubbish. And I watched Guns Akimbo by chance just the other week. And I thought, this will go well with the Running Man. And voila, here we are sitting in our writer's room discussing Guns <laughs> Akimbo. Yep. That's it. That's as easy as it gets. Mm. Um, before we get started, it's review time. Uh, we love it when you leave a nice response to the podcast on the old iTunes, so much so that we read one out each week. And this comes from a listener called Alexis in New York, uh, who gives us five out of five. New York. Sorry, my water badly. It's okay. We show- <coughs> you gave it. You okay? Yeah. She's uh, yeah, just being really professional. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. No, I'm fine. <clears throat> Do you want me to continue? You know, like when you nearly drown. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You didn't nearly drown. <laughs> just how not happened to you. Woof, okay. Really yeah. drowning is when you're fished out of a, a, a lake. <laughs> or when water goes into your lungs. Like uh-huh. it just did. Right now, I'm all right now. Okay. I just feel sorry for Alexis in New York, <clears throat> who's probably getting all excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, we've stretched it out. That's good tension. He does mention one of us in the podcast. Or she. In the review. Or she. Or she. Yeah. Sorry, all the Alexis I know are men. Okay, I only know female Alexi. Fair enough. Or she um, does mention one of us by name, and it's fitting it's you. All right. So here we go. Stop coughing. <laughs> I love the episode where Vicky nearly drowned. More of that, please. Five stars. Hey, that's a sense of jeopardy, otherwise missing from the pod. <laughs> uh, my bi-weekly favourite podcast, and this from a serial podcast listener. Terrific and hilarious host chemistry and often educational. 4.999 stars. The missing 0.001 star due to Vicky being totally wrong about the ending of The Mist. All right. <laughs> it's going back some. Yeah, no, fair enough. I've had a chance to think about it. I, I, it just took me by surprise. Mm. And I think if I saw it again... This is a much more diplomatic answer. Sure. Yeah, I was really vexed. That fucking ending! Are oh, you fucking joking? Um, you know, time's a healer. So, yeah, there we go. Have you really? Have you really readdressed it? It's because of something Chris said. He, it was something about a sacrificial lamb, and I just didn't get that at the yeah, time. Yeah, but I th- that is just a theory as well. I don't even think I'm right with that. It's just an interesting way of reading it, yeah. that the, 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 the that woman was right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I don't even think that's right. It's just that he had to kill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's worse. Anyway, we're not talking about... <laughs> oh, you, you'd <laughs> yeah. forgotten the ending. Yeah, right, yeah, anyway, <laughs> if you want to hear Vicky angry, listen to the missed episode. This is going to be much lighter today. 
<laughs> I think. I think. I'm not sure. On Monday, we played the running man, meaning today we've got our guns akimbo. Alex, take us on a journey. I'm not doing it. Vicky's doing Vicky, it. your turn. Miles is a refreshing take on the loser trope we see so often. Ha, not really. You've definitely met this guy before. Anyway, Miles wouldn't hurt a fly. And we know this because he tells us rather than showing us. So he should last about 10 seconds in a live streamed death match, even with guns bolted to his hands, because he's pitted against the absolute best in the business, nerds, wet dream nicks. We do at least see her being the best. So it's even more of a head scratcher when she just can't seem to nail Miles, even with a very big gun that will absolutely positively kill every motherfucker in the car park. But Miles gets away again, and then he murders someone which he feels bad about, and we know this because, everybody, he tells us. And then he loves murdering people, and does it lords. Teaming up with Nicks without a care in the world about slaying every motherfucker in the room, and inexplicably doesn't use his skills as a video game developer to save the day in a movie that looks like a video game. He just becomes rich, I think, because then he's got an awesome car and drives away to every major urban centre in the world to participate in roughly a thousand death matches with the thought that he'll single-handedly win every single one of them. Bring on guns akimbo too! <laughs> More guns akimbo. Yeah. <clears throat> guns I'd... further akimbo. Great. <laughs> I've got him out of breath, sorry. Um, again. Did you mention Nick's? Oh, she's just wonderful, isn't she? I can't remember what you said about her. I'm talk a, about Nick. I'm joking. Because <laughs> okay. she said she's a nerd's wet dream. <laughs> oh, okay. I had never heard of this film, To I have to admit, until you mentioned it. And mm. it just completely passed me by. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard of it, but then it, it, I didn't didn't watch it. I don't think it got a big release. It snuck out at the start of the pandemic. Well, this it is was right, one of those pandemic yeah. films, yeah. So uh, when did you? So you saw it recently? I saw it two weeks ago when I was flicking through movies yeah. that have been on my list of things that I keep meaning to watch, like Boss Level. I hadn't seen that, so I watched that. And oh, then yeah. Guns Akimbo. So I just wanted things with guns in. Sure. And you saw it at the same time? No, I was excited to see this film because uh, the director's previous film, Deathgasm, mm-hmm. I absolutely love. It is a brilliant film, and so I was excited to see this. I was at uh, the premiere at Fantastic Fest, and I actually reviewed it for IGN, so you could spoil yourself on my opinion by reading that before listening to the end of this. Okay. But I won't say what I gave it. Don't, though. <laughs> they can come back. Why would you? It seems like a really sort of self-defeating... I've just, I've just started listening to this lovely episode of Clash of the Tiles. I'll stop now. I might just read what Chris is going to say at the end ahead of time. Yeah, and tweet me if you have. Um, but I did experience the best way to watch this film is at a festival with a festival crowd quite late at night with a few cocktails in That you. makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, that is fair. It's a, it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. So uh, we'll just do a bit about the film. So as you've said, written and directed by Jason Lee Howden. He was a VFX artist with Weta. Uh, yeah, before uh, feature debut Deathgasm, which I haven't seen. Anyway, so he writes... Guns Akimbo after Deathgasm. This is picked up for production. It is a pretty low budget arrangement, around 15 million. Build as an adrenaline fueled balls to the wall original action comedy reminiscent in tone to films such as Kick Ass or Deadpool, both of which I have seen, both of which I like. So, with a film like this, this is where it gets obviously slightly interesting, a bit different. You, If it looks good, which it will look good because Jason Lee Howden has got you know all this experience in VFX. And it's loads of fun. You don't actually need a star, I don't think, with a movie like this to get your money back because the poster will sell it, the concept will sell it. Man has guns bolted to hands. Um, And so, you you know, you've got a really good logline. It does find its way to Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, I read read one review, which is just, this is the way I like to think of him. He's playing with house money at this point. I can't remember where I read that. But he can basically do what he wants because obviously he is a gazillionaire because of Potter. Um... And he loved this script. So he said, you know, he's just into it, particularly because of the scene where when Miles realises he has guns for hands, he has to try and use them with practical real world applications, such as having a Wii, Mm. which is very funny. And I can see why he was into it. Um, Samara Weave in his cast, which is brilliant casting because her star was on the rise and obviously has now risen as this sort of genre comedy horror girl. Um, In terms of the production, they did reference The Running Man and Terminator and Robocop when they were putting together the look of the film and everything is going very well for this film. So the trailer goes down really well and it's got kind of instant cult classic vibes and a February 2020 release until early February, uh, Jason Houndon appeared to defend a writer's use of a racist term and then condemn those who criticised the calling out of the writer who used the term and accused film critics, particularly women and non-binary people of colour, of cyberbullying. So that results in his Twitter account being taken down. Um, And then people start to speculate, basically, that the film isn't going to come out as a result of this. 
uh, but the distributors distanced themselves from him, calling his online behaviour upsetting and disturbing. And so it does come out. But I read it only made a million dollars. Now, it came out just before COVID. Could be that. It could be because people were avoiding it because of what the director had said. I don't know. And there we are. It's That's a good it. roundup of mm. events. Yeah, there's not much else to say, is there? Yeah, really? the, the only thing I had was it, there, we nearly got a very cheap version of this film. So he wrote the treatment for this before um, Deathgasm, and the idea was he was going to shoot it like El Mariachi. Mm. It was going to be a gonzo, you know, $20,000 movie kind of yeah. thing. And then uh, when Deathgasm did pretty well, he was meeting with people, producers, and they liked someone like this treatment. And they asked for the script, which he said he'd written, but he mm. hadn't written a script. Yeah. So um, he pretended he needed tweaks and went away and wrote this in two weeks, mm. um, which is a bit like The Running Man being written, yeah, written yeah, in 72 yeah. hours. But yeah, it was one of those where it was a real race against Simon. He said, I've got scripts that I've spent five years developing yeah. that have gone nowhere. And this, it was just, I had to get it done. And... nothing like a bit of pressure, though, to mm. actually make you, pull, make you pull your finger out and get something written. Yeah. yeah. OK, so no more. So we'll talk about the film. All right, so before we meet Miles, our hero, we're going to set up an... Un- oh, what? Wait, I did have one other thing. Go on. I only mentioned this because I feel it might come up, which is purely that Daniel Radcliffe makes a point multiple times in various interviews of going, I've heard a lot of people try to talk about this film like it's some kind of searing satire on social media or the internet. I really don't think it is. There's a bit of that, but the whole point of the movie is... Uh, a violent, ridiculous shoot 'em up. I don't think anyone should be getting their moral compass from this film by any account. No. I only mention that because I think it 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 is just best viewed as a ridiculous slice of ultraviolence. Yes. As opposed to a criticism of social media. Well, it doesn't hammer you over the head with it, but I think there's a couple of moments that work in a way that the running man doesn't. I think the running man exploits this kind of thing, saying, Oh, isn't this awful that we we audiences in the future might watch this violence and get their kicks out of it in a film expecting us to get our kicks out of watching that violence. Exactly. It never questions it. Whereas here, at least he does turn around and address the people watching him in effect addressing us. Well, yeah, but that's a bit rich, isn't it? He's like, oh, is it my fault now then? Because it's like, you're you're shouting at people for watching super stylized violence in a film that is 98% super stylized violence and you're railing at them. So you're having to go at me, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I think it's addressing us. So what, I'm supposed to turn the film off? I don't understand. <laughs> I think I, I think the bits that you're talking about, which we'll come to, Chris, yeah. I, I think are some of its worst moments because I think then it highlights exactly the same issue with The Running Man, which is you can't suddenly have a moment where it's like, but this isn't obviously how it really happened Yeah, because things like that don't happen in real life. It's like, well, pick which one you are then because you are still the same movie. You can't have both ways. You can't suddenly go and stop, turn to camera. This isn't you real. Dare. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. idiots. Yeah. You don't think that had happened. I just watched it happen and the ending's still the same. Shut up. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you're done. Yep. Great. So we need to set up this underground fight club run by this shadowy something called Schism. Unsure if they're in charge, if they're some sort of rebel. Foot. Like basically, with The Running Man, it's like this is the whole world and everyone in the world watches this show. With Schism's death matches, it isn't quite clear, but it kind of doesn't matter because mm. you're being sort of smashed over the face in a nice way by setting up the fight club. And obviously, it's interesting to me that you meet Nix before you meet Miles. Mm because she is the big draw, I think, of this film. Uh, she's really brilliant at driving and she's brilliant at murdering and she can do both of those with her hood over her eyes. She doesn't mm-hmm. need to see to do either of them. So she'll be a really great foe, or maybe not, and hope she doesn't get killed for no reason. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> so... <laughs> What? Too too far ahead, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. I mean, I've got. I think that's a that's a re- there's a really big question mark over that death because it doesn't need to happen. No, so we will meet Miles. I mean, you know, he's a loser. Ah, boring. You watch TV all day. Oh, you can't connect with this cool girl. Although a cool girl, Nova, it means you dye your hair interesting colours. Fucking Eternal Sunshine has a lot to answer for when it comes to depictions of girls like this. Yeah, it's sort of again. Multiple times this film like wants its cake and to eat it, which is where he actually says, this is not a love story, not a story about a nerd trying to get the girl like she's an Xbox achievement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> just because you, you can't just say it and people go, oh, okay. So That'll it, do. <laughs> it, 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 it's not that. I mean, 
Everything seems to to be that, but I get the movie said earlier that it's not that. So, so it I, can't be. I'm misreading this. I mean, so the, but this is interesting for for. So you know me, who's not into social media. To me, Miles seems like maybe it doesn't work for his character arc, small as it is. Well, actually, it's quite huge because he's like not a murderer. Then he's a murderer, so that's quite a big arc. It's big. Um, but he's not a troll, I don't think. He's taking on the trolls mm. who are commenting on the death matches. Is a troll correct? hunter. A troll hunter, yes, that's what I meant. So he's this keyboard warrior, but it seems like he's a good guy. Like he's doing a good thing because he's like, fuck you, don't say that. Is that true? No, he's... Or is he stoking a fire? He's, kind of he's having fun winding people up, winding trolls up. He's thinking of even worse insults. He gets his kicks from... Like, winding trolls up. Yeah, yeah, having an argument that he has no interest in, but they clearly do, and they get more and more angry, and he's yeah. like having fun making them more angry. And so does that make him, in the moral, like... Uh, sorry, Daniel Radcliffe, but have said the word moral. In the moral, like, maze... Jesus Christ, it's not why you should watch this film. <laughs> um, does that make him as bad as a troll, or better than a troll, or are they all the same? He's better than a, a troll because okay. he's not just targeting innocent people. Oh, I see. So he's a good guy, basically. I, I guess. Yeah. I think it's a shame. I think he should be a bad guy. I think it would be more interesting. But he's the hero and he's Daniel Radcliffe, so he's kind of got to be good. I get that. Um, so anyway. He's got an amazing apartment. It is nice, yeah. Not enough natural light, though. Didn't notice. Did you not? <laughs> no. It's because I think it's an odd warehouse, so the windows are very quite high. I'll tell you what, Alex... Alex Zane, apologies, mm. we'll beep that out. It's what a is your first <laughs> on, on Monday's show. No, it's me. You've what? said it. <laughs> beep, now we've got to beep that out. Beep that as well. Shall we take out the first 15 minutes <laughs> and start over? I'm so sorry. Um, that's really distracted me. It's a paper factory. That's all what, that's what I was going to say. It's a paper warehouse in Munich. <laughs> <laughs> That's my research. Wow. <laughs> I just wanted to prove to you that I've done some it's, research. It's not either. Yeah, it bloody is. Well, I mean, the the big fight at the end is at the paper warehouse. And so is his apartment. In Munich. Okay. Fine. All right. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't essential for his apartment to be at the paper warehouse in Munich. The reason that <laughs> no. the reason that the paper warehouse in Munich is such a big fact is because it is bigger than any studio set they could ever build in even the biggest studios in the world. It's this huge cavernous space yeah. that they could shoot a continuous shot right through. Yep. That's why it's exciting. Your old paper factory. Yeah. Yep. Great. Okay, cool. So, um, Miles has got no more time to hide behind his keyboard. Because now he's got guns bolted to his hands <laughs> and he's in. He's, are you in Schism? Are you part of Schism? Are you in a match that Schism has arranged? I wanted to say, like, you're in Fight Club. I guess you're on Schism. On Schism, okay. Yeah, because Schism's like a channel. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, Do you think it happens too quickly? No. Uh, it's weird because it happens at 12 minutes. So it feel it is the right time for him to get his gun, the gun strapped to his hat, but it feels like a hell of a rush. And I guess that's because. You haven't spent those first 12 minutes just with him. There's a big chunk yeah. of Nick's at yeah. the start. So in terms of his screen time, it does feel quite quickly that he ends up with guns on his hands. Sure. I get it. I mean, it's the poster. You have to get there. Mm. But it, they did make a decision to focus on Nick's rather than him, which I t also totally get. I wouldn't have had a problem if they started the film with his sure, guns on yeah. his hands. Let's just get going. <laughs> yeah. um, have you ever played the game Blood 3D, Alex? No. 1997 first-person shooter. I have not played Because that's where the title games. comes from, because there's a power-up in that that gives you two guns for 30 seconds called Guns Akimbo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I that's just wondered, because you, you're more of a gamer than me, I wondered if that was sort of a Doom kind of style game. No. Did you ever have a Commodore Amiga? Yes. Oh, my God. You've got to come round. I just bought the Mini A500. It's basically, it's a Mini Amiga, which has, like, tons of games on. For example, I have been playing Speedball 2 for the last oh. week. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's still probably one of the greatest games ever, despite everything that has come since. <laughs> Speedball 2, hands down, just amazing. I, okay. uh, well, when I was watching The Running Man, I kept thinking about Rollerball. Mm. They're very similar. Yep. Would have been a good pair. Sorry, go on, Vicky. No, I've nothing to say. Nothing to add there. Like, you, you do you. That's... Did you ever have a Commodore Amiga? Sorry, that was no, rude. No, no, it's fine. I had a 128 and a 64. So You can get a mini Commodore 64 as well. Really? Yeah, it comes loaded with loads of games. But the thing with the Amiga, I don't know about the C64, is you can uh, get a US, uh, you can put, you download games from the internet. Uh, credit uh, to uh, Stephen D'Souza. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we owe him money now. <laughs> uh, you can get uh, put them on a USB and load them up to the Amiga so I have got 
Cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Now, this means nothing to you, does it? Cannon fodder, Chris. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Escape from the planet of the robot monsters. Wings. Do you remember wings mm-hmm. when you're in a biplane? It's basically, I'm having a nostalgia overload yeah. at the moment. It's so good. Here are my games. Boulder Dash. Okay, that's on the C64. If you get the mini yeah. C64, that comes with it. Bubble Bobble. Do you remember that? Yep. New Zealand yeah. story. That's a, that's, that. Was that on the C64? Could be all oh, the ones where I don't know. Oh. I can't remember. Huh? Love all those little cute yeah, games. Yeah, Rainbow Islands? Mm, don't know it. Okay. And Summer right. and Winter Olympics, obviously. Mm. <laughs> that's not very good. That comes on <clears> both. <throat> right, okay, mm. cool. I don't want to come round, but fine. Are you getting paid by those people? <laughs> <laughs> that was a very long advert. Yeah. No, I will say that the joystick that comes with the C64, which I bought to use on the Amiga because they don't have any compatible joysticks, uh, broke within seven minutes of playing Speedball. Because you've now got man strength hands. When you were seven, you were just he wiggling that thing. He hasn't. Have you seen his arms? <laughs> <laughs> if those if those can snap the joystick in two, then it's not well made. It's not fit for purpose. No. All right, so where are we up to? All right, so th- we did talk about this section, which uh, is a brilliant section. Miles has got to get used to having gun hands. Mm. Daniel Radcliffe, as this character, is really excellent. And it's just funny enough. And it's also because the gore of the, the, you know, these guns have been bolted through with huge, dirty drill bits. It just looks good. And yeah. it is funny when he has a Wii. It just is it's funny. funny. And he uses his inhaler and you hear that power up noise. There's just yeah. lots of funny little inserts. I just feel like the uh, asthmatic TV obsessed loser. I'm a bit over that trope. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, he was writing himself. He was, he yeah, wasn't, yeah. you know, he's not a programmer. He's a VFX guy. But yeah. he said, I was just putting myself in this film because I feel I'm the least likely person to do this. And I guess... I guess the the, the the arc is turning a pacifist into someone who's violent. And so... Yeah. Although I, we don't learn that he's sort of vegan and anti-violence for another good 20 minutes, half an hour or something ridiculous. Mm. But he's a wimp. I would have guessed. I just feel like mean. we've seen that man many, many, many times. And the answer, the reason is because a lot of men in that job do end up in the film industry and they put themselves in their scripts. Well, I tell you what it's very similar to is Wanted. To yes. the point that even he goes back to the office and he, he beats up his, his boss his who's boss. bullied him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's I found lots of similarities with Wanted watching it this time. And you just, you know, the sort of, I mean, I know it's a, this IP, but like a lot of Edgar Wright's characters. Yeah, this um, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the power up stuff. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. Uh, so anyway, Mars is against up against in On Schism, uh, Nick's. She's being a badass to Ballroom Blitz, which I love that song so much. So that's good. I think a bit of a mistake here. We established pretty quickly that she wants out. She's kind of done. So she says via text, message, whatever, what about our deal Mm. to Richter? And I think you should hold that reveal because I think she should seem like an unstoppable force for just a little bit while longer. So it's like if Terminator, five minutes in, sends a message going, I'm done kind of thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I agree. And also, you know, the whole... They promised me this thing that will wipe my slate clean is the Dark Knight Rises. That's what Catwoman wants in <laughs> yeah. that movie. I mean, it's the let, Suicide Squad as well. Let's, yeah. Let's let's be clear. This movie has borrowed a lot. And also, talking about the su- uh, Suicide Squad, I, I, I love Ballroom Blitz and mm-hmm. I love this sequence. I really do love this sequence. There are shades of Harley Quinn sure. in Nick's. Ballroom Blitz, that track was used to an amazing Suicide Squad, David Ayer version, original trailer. Yeah. And it just feels like anyone, clearly this movie's target audience, has seen that trailer has gone, holy fuck, that is one of the best trailers ever. Yes. Because of that song. You can't use it here. No. You can't mm. use it in, a, in in an action sequence that is reminiscent of that character, that movie. And it's that song. It's, it's just pick another song. Any any. He was saying that the producers wanted him to make her more like Harley Quinn and they were getting quite upset when they he messed up her teeth and then shaved off her eyebrows and they were like, no, we want hot chick. Yeah. And you're sort of messing with what we think will sell. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I was listening to some podcasts about, yeah, and some people, big fans of Suicide Squad, wanted Harley Quinn to be more like Nick's because they felt she was too soft. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, yeah, I prefer this version of that girl and that girl is like quite a recognisable trope mm. also. Definitely. Um, Especially the eyebrows thing. It's, it makes such a difference. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's Great. good. You know, she does it. And like, yeah, I think she reminds me a bit of, you know, where it would, it would have begun, like the tank girl thing as well. Mm. But the amount of cocaine she does in this movie, yep. that's the bit. And, you know, and I do, I sort of, I, I thought about this before the show. I was like, I kind of, I'm loath to say it, 
But it does differentiate this movie from a billion other movies because very few characters, especially even that character, mm. is like that openly into drugs and, and uses drugs to succeed yes. and win. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, it's it, it, you suddenly go, I'm watching a, a grown-up movie. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah the training wheels are off. And you want that with a story like this. You want it to, to not be frightened to go any place. Yeah, which is why the casting Daniel Radcliffe I, just, I find it so interesting. Can you say no to him? I'm not sure you can. Like, if his script gets in front of him, his face on your poster, you've come from Deathgasm, which is well-respected, but not exactly like a mainstream breakthrough success. Yeah. You then get Daniel Radcliffe for your next project and you know that millions and millions of people are at the very least going to watch the trailer. Yeah. So can you say no to him, even if you're like, oh, maybe he's not quite right? But when you put him up against cork-snorting fucking crystal meth-taking... Mm. Nick's it's perfect casting because he still has this very I mean he's doing his best but he still has a very wholesome air about him you're going to damage a lot of Potter fans as well when you you type in Daniel Ratcliffe Guns Akimbo to Google do you know what the first question that it comes up with is no why did Daniel Ratcliffe (laughs) pick Guns Akimbo because that is Potter fans going but why yeah he said he wanted a Michael J Fox type and he saw he sees Daniel Radcliffe as a Michael J Fox type do you see that comparison no because Michael J Fox is cool cool yeah um, Daniel Radcliffe isn't mm. Mm. which is better for this role absolutely isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. I agree with what you said I, you know I think I think Daniel Radcliffe has made some great movies we discussed this Horns that I don't think many people mm. saw Good he's film. fantastic in that and it's a great movie this again like there are some movies where you're like mm, he's not quite shaken that like yeah, whole, yeah. Whatever the Potter vibe or whatever, whatever you want to call it, this he is so good in. Yeah. yeah, you can't question the choices, even if it's not working. It's the same as Rob Pattinson and Kristen Stewart and Daniel Radcliffe, these three child stars who just make the best choices. Yeah. They really are doing such a good job of putting those films behind them. Definitely. Um, let's have a small break then, shall we? Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Seated silence. Yeah, no, that was really good. Thank you. I'm getting really stressed about it, if I can be honest. The break? Yeah, because I know I'm not... I mean, you are five minutes early, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean? See why you're a Yeah, but we're only going to go 50 minutes. Yeah, today. definitely. Fine. <sighs> okay, right. So, anyway... Oh, welcome back, listeners. <laughs> Hell, was that really your... your... Oh, God. Oh, did I really do this <laughs> So, anyway, uh, Nick's... I'm not paid enough for this shit. <laughs> She's the best in the business, but she can't hit miles what, for shit. What, I mean, what is that all about? Well, uh, because well, so, what else can you do? Yeah, you have to have her hunting him for the movie, and like, well, you. I mean, I've spoiled my change now, but you can do something. She could come into that apartment with an injury, or she could come in having just seen a fireball that frightens her. Like, there could be something that's just thrown her off her game. Yeah, but as it is. You've established that she can kill anyone she wants yeah. at any point and she can't hit him in a room. In a room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She can't hit him in a room. I, or, I don't want to ruin my change, but <laughs> screw it. Like, you have, you know, we're borrowing from the running man anyway, have a few other people hunting him first. Like, don't have sure, Nix yeah. as the only person hunting him so he's constantly evading the best hunter ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do love the moment because I love it in films when it Please works. Please tell me it's the note up her nose. 
Oh, no, I love that. I do like that. Yeah, it's a good touch. I like it when Miles goes out to the fire escape and he wants to slide down the rails. Because when I see people in films do that, I'm like, that's so awesome. And you'd always think, I bet I could do that. But of course you can't do that. So when he can't, I do think that's good. He runs into the police. I think that is, that's Shits how himself. he can become... Oh, yeah, gross. So he can become famous. Um, and then we meet Richter and the guys in Schism, not on Schism. He gets his kill the cat moment, Look. which is he murders this director dude. Yeah. They look like they're all going to Coachella, don't they? (laughs) I just, you know what I'm like. I mean, again, it's a change, but screw it. You cannot. I know he's not meant to be cool or anything, but he is meant to be the villain. He can't be wearing sandals. It's upsetting. I didn't even know He's You know I look for these things. Sure, yeah. And I'm like, what footwear has that guy got on? And tell me it's like paratrooper boots or something. Doc <laughs> Martens, maybe. If you've Sandals. Come, if you've come from Coachella, it's hot then. <laughs> um, it's just one example, which I will get to, which is maybe it's because he wrote the script in two weeks. It's like you've got the kill the cat moment. It's longer than the running man moment, which works to establish uh, Killian's character. Mm-hmm. But here it takes forever. So it's like maybe it needs to move the plot on a bit or it needs to be a character we care about. And there's a few more of those coming up. As particularly, we meet Glenjamin, played by Reese Darby, who is Reese Darby's always brilliant. Mm. All we get plot wise is that Daniel Radcliffe is a vegetarian, which can, is kind of important for his character. But what we're missing in this film, all the camera work is obviously awesome, all the visuals are obviously awesome. So you're super hooked. You're just like, I will watch this because it's like smashing my face in but it's brilliant but when it might be me but when I'm that hooked I really just want a few story beats that I feel I deserve because they're not hard to do so Nova should be actually be a bit of a childish nightmare and he's better off without her and the thing that he learns so you need Glenjamin is you what's you know you you love the hero's journey he's the magical wizard that gives him a thing that he can go on and do something mm. he doesn't he gives him a hot dog it doesn't make any difference mm. and he gives him some advice doesn't he and he helps he comes, him get changed yeah he comes back at the end it's yeah, because like, he's quoted at the end. I mean, obviously, it didn't work because I can't remember the quote. But he goes, "As a wise man once told me," and yeah. then he drives past Glenjamin. I mean, the biggest issue is Miles is a fucking video game developer, and apart from the in um, initial sequence where he bumps into a man on the street and the coins burst out of him because he's so involved in video games, he's so involved in his world. Why does he not have any video game skills that he uses to help him survive? Is it, I mean, I, honestly, and this probably speaks volumes uh, about his character development. Uh, I didn't know he was a video game developer. I thought he just worked for a, one of these like Candy Crush style apps, but his job was um, dealing with anyone who was trolling the app. Okay, maybe I don't know. Okay. I thought I thought I thought I read he was a, a game. He developer. probably is. He probably is. Um, so Nix kills Miles's boss. The comedy there is almost working. I nearly get it, but it's fun when she kills him, kills the, the boss, uh, and Miles escapes again because uh, he's brilliant at escaping. Why does she keep calling Miles a fuckboy? I don't know. Okay. Because he's not, is no, he? No, he's, he's fundamentally... He's the opposite. He's literally not a fuckboy, so yeah. why she keeps And also he could say, stop calling me that. Look at me. I know, he does eventually, <laughs> but initially you're just like, it's sort of like Nick seems like the one who knows everything. Like, is she being ironic? Maybe, yeah. Perhaps. I yeah. mean, she is absolutely wasted. So. <laughs> <laughs> off, uh, off. Uh, so the baddies, they've taken Miles's boring girlfriend. Um, so he sets a trap. Uh, and Nick turns up with a really big gun and doesn't kill Miles for some reason and kills everybody else. Uh, but Miles gets to kill someone. Mm. So we get our, which I think we can christen this, this is our Carlitos Waste, our voiceover right now, where we're like 40 minutes in mm. and your main actor has killed someone and his eyes are saying, I feel bad about this. And out of nowhere, a little bit of voiceover, just to really hit home that he feels bad about it. Don't need it. It's, it's annoying. It's sort of... I mean, considering what happens afterwards, it's pointless that they bothered to do it this way. But I guess I guess not. At the time, they sort of disguise whether it was intentional or not. Yes. It's sort of like, was it by accident? Did he, Was he pulling the trigger or did he just fall on his gun? So you never have him actively go, I've had enough. Mm. My, again, my problem is, like, what, when does... When does plot point one happen for you in this movie? Because I get confused because obviously you have to have him on the run, but it feels like there isn't one. It feels like he gets the gun strapped to his hands and then for an hour, uh, if not more, he does not commit yeah. to this game until this moment where he, he kills the the drug dealer in the, in the yeah. scrapyard and then he's yeah. like, all right. And even then it's sort of... He's, it's still a bit vague. It's when he sort of kills the two guys when he comes out of the van. He goes, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And he steps into it. So really, you've got an hour before our hero actively goes, 
all right, I understand how this works yep. and what I've got to do. I think as well, think about, this is again a minor thing, but it, the rules are really hard to get a grip on. So when Miles goes back to work, just going back about five, ten minutes, he walks through the lobby of work and a man goes, you're that guy. And he's like, oh shit, am I famous? And then he goes and sees his buddy and his buddy doesn't have any idea that he's in schism, on schism. And his buddy does work in a app development that you think he would be on the internet a little bit. So a random stranger recognises you in the lobby, but your buddy doesn't. Why is that? Like, yeah. are you famous or are you not famous? When they kidnap Nova... They're like, you come, whatever, Nix is going to kill you. And then they say, now you've got 30 minutes. And it's like, is that more time than you had before or less time than you had before? Yeah, they they sort of... Put a I, false clock on it. Well, there's hmm. two. They actually have two ticking clocks. There's one, I think, like about 47 minutes where it's like, we've changed it. You yeah. now have five hours to kill Nix. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And then 10 minutes later, you go, we've changed it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that other clock was too long. Yeah. It wasn't exciting enough. Now it's 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, because at this point, Nick's and Miles team up. You've had a twist where the police officer that is hunting Nick's is their dad. There's a huge gap in he's like, oh, I lost my wife and son and I lost my daughter in her own way. And it's like, wow, dad, you really fucking dropped the ball there. Like your daughter is this murdering psycho, coke addicted fiend. And she was a sweet little girl. So what happened? He tried to give her the help she needed. What does that mean? But now he has to stop her. <laughs> I tried to help her. Now I definitely have to kill her. He's not trying to kill her, though, is he? He's supposed to get her out of danger. But it's an interesting... I love the fact that, you know, I I don't mind that the twist is telegraphed and I don't mind that it's really... I don't mind that. I like it. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. She was a sweet little girl. So let's have a fun backstory. Why not? Where you see, quick montage, sweet little girl equals coke thing nightmare. So I think we... There was a lot of that. Okay. He's... uh, The director has said that he's not happy with this cut. His cut was very different and... What stuff that was lost was a lot of backstory for her. Yeah. Um, what so- do you What do you think of? Um, I read some reviews that said it plays the same trick too many times, which is obviously having these hyperkinetic gun battles yeah. set to classic music, songs or yeah. covers of classic songs, like the bit in the office, like "Dead or Alive," "You Spin mm, Me Round." Yeah. I like it. I, I, I honestly realised I can never get bored of that. I agree. The, I'm, yeah. su- I'm such. I'm just a sucker for it. I, I got a bit fatigued, especially there's a mm. lot of like 360 shots and you're just like, woof, okay. But And also there's a 360 shot kind of for no reason at the beginning where Miles is asleep and we go okay. fully around and it's like, okay. There's but- a bit in the ballroom blitz sequence, which I, I've, I've watched over and over again, where the camera kind of does a somersault, yeah. like 360 over a table and then catches up yeah. with itself and you're just like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And, and yeah. as you've said, some of the song choices are a bit obvious, but I really like the use of um, Cypress Hill song. Yeah. Sorry, the, the Citrus Hill <laughs> the song. Citrus Hill. Um, which <laughs> Which is not something I'd expect to hear in a film like this. So it is a good song. Mm. I, I mean, I, I, if you do a weird sort of grungy metally cover of anything, and it was cool, I, w- I would watch that all day. Mm. To be honest, I did. I did get a bit exhausted from watching it just because I wanted a few of those really obvious story beats to be in play because then I would have been fully satisfied. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like the junkyard sequence you just mentioned. I mean, it, she misses like <sighs> him. She does, and she's got a minigun. I mean, it's cool. Question. I can't work out because so much of my being loves this movie. Like, and I feel sometimes like it's so trying to be cool that I don't know whether it just undoes itself. And it's like the person at a party who's trying too hard to be the coolest person in the room. Like, they've got all the gear. Yeah. But But no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Your phrase from the other day Mm. it is a bit that. Yeah. Just because some of the one-liners don't quite punch as well, so you you feel a bit embarrassed. Yeah, it's like the suck my clip line. I think that's okay. It, it it's not a bad line, and I I chuckled when I heard it. Maybe that's not a good example, but some of them, it just sort of it's like it's there for like being outrageous's sake, sure. as opposed to the character. It makes sake. sense for it's, her. Yeah. It's I mean I I feel like he's chucked everything at the wall. Mm. Uh, some of it sticks, some of it doesn't. I think. The one line is better than the running man. Agreed. If I'm honest. Yes, agreed. <laughs> Although the best line uh, comes from Richter when he's talking to Nova and he goes, the cops, the cops, I think I'm going to do a poo-poo in my pantaloons. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. <laughs> I don't like, I didn't like it that. either. I love, I love it because <laughs> pantaloons is just a word that I haven't heard in a movie in so yeah. long. Yeah, uh, but, and also I don't think that works because... Um, protagonist has shat himself in the film. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. You're, you're no, that's yourself. exactly why it doesn't yeah. work. Oh, fine. I liked it. 
So we have a little bit of a fun twist where it looks like um, Nyx has killed Miles, but even though we've set up a bulletproof... So it's like a double thing. It's like we, we've set up the bulletproof vest. This film is pretty obvious. She shoots him several times. We know he's got a vest on. But then we go back and we see that they're teaming up with each other. That's do, fun. Do we do, it, do we do it now or do we do it in the changes? What? You just can't. You fundamentally can't. So the running man on Monday, that screws up its twist by doing the reveal that they're putting the captain... Uh, freedom's face on yeah. uh, the whole thing it's all set up so you're like oh I know it's not Arnie dying yeah right in this you have got two characters who are followed 24-7 yes. <laughs> yeah. 24-7 by drones in yeah. fact the whole premises of the movie yeah. is that you are never not on camera they know where you are <laughs> yeah. like they even have a shot where like Miles is hiding in a bin and Rick goes I know where he is I always know where he is he's there he's there he's doing this so suddenly there's been a 10 minute interval where they're <laughs> yeah. not on yeah. and they've planned they've made a plot to attack schism yeah. ridiculous yes. I didn't think of that and I just suspended my disbelief I guess but now you say it yeah I mean yeah I agree with you okay. it's, it's irritating because it, it, you just it's, need someone to go, oh, blackout, okay, cool, like, whatever. Anything. Yeah. I mean, you can cover it, but just don't have it where it's like, you know, because people are going, oh, but they'll know because of the drones that are always yeah, there. Yeah, and I think it's a shame, again, if you're writing a script in two weeks, you haven't got time to do this, but you're sat there, you're like, this is a problem. I need my characters to get a bit of privacy so that they can come up with this thing. So you write your way through the problem. You can't just go, ah, oh, yeah, but they, what cameras so were working. So where did they come up with them? Was they not, were they not in a place where they were... They're they, in a they, car park, they don't mention it. Yeah, they, they just don't go mention, off to the side. The problem is that because the logic of the movie is that they've met up, they've made this plan, then they've gone away and re-met up in the same place. Mm -hmm. Only this time the drones are there, and they've only filmed the second version of Nick's and Miles's conversation. Yes. So because you're going, so the drones film the second version. You're immediately going. So why didn't the drones? The film actually asks you, the audience, to ask yourself that question, mm. and then doesn't answer. And gives it. you nothing. Yeah, frustration. I do like the fact that I, li I like you know that aside, which just kind of wreck it. Miles and Nick are now teaming up, so they get to talk to each other for a bit, and I do think they're good together. Like they're so quite funny. Good. Yeah. Um, it's a shame they didn't get to do that a bit earlier. I wrote that down. I was like, I don't know how it would have worked. Yeah. But it would be great to see more of. Or that. you don't. This is a weird thing for me to say. You don't have her talk at all until you get to this point because when she walks into Miles's apartment she starts talking so you're like okay more of that and then she doesn't talk for ages mm. and then she talks to Miles now but if you'd waited to hear her voice it would be more of a, a reveal and it'd be a bit more freighted and then we would lose the moment where she walks off going let's get some cocaine <laughs> that's funny because in its simplicity yeah. it's just such a good line uh, so then we it, we're having our schism massacre in a paper factory. Um, in this is Munich. In uh, yeah, Munich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a side-scrolling video game. Mm -hmm. So Miles is I you know I believe he's a video game developer. I'm not sure. It looks like a video game. She even says to him, "Have you learned nothing from video games?" At some point in this sequence, and it's like, yeah, that's frustrating. Not only has he learned nothing, it's like he never had that as a job or in his sphere of influence or anything. It's a peculiar. Decision. It's shorthand for loser, but I just I'm not I'm over that now. I don't I don't want any more of that in my life. So I don't know. Um, and then we've mentioned this for me th thematically confusing bit where Miles turns to the camera and is like you cretins something. This is all your fault. Stop watching it. And you're like oh me I should I yeah. I'll stop watching it. Oh yeah. okay cool no problem. I shall turn this off then. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I like that. I, I, I like that. It's the Michael Haneke school of filming yeah. of, of, of movies because every one of his films is telling us off for watching it. Yeah, I, but I think that's, that's a that's a high bar. I, I don't know, like that. I think it's. I think you. I think you need to acknowledge it, though. I didn't ever think he was talking to me. I thought he was talking to the schism viewers. So he is well, he is talking to them. Yeah. No, I know, but I didn't see past that. I wasn't uh, like, oh, and he's talking to me watching this movie. Yeah. Because that would be the stupidest thing to do in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I just assumed that I was like, no. Cool, he's looking I like it. I was waiting for the film to have a dig at me. Yeah, fair enough. I thought you were going to mention the fact that he goes from being unable to hit shit to, to being able to yeah, hit he everything. He can't miss. He goes from the. He, he, whatever, he's a freaking assassin. He stole Nix's mojo, clearly. <laughs> yeah. It's it is. I wish there was a training montage. She's you know she does try. She says, "Oh, use the sights and do whatever." Mm. And there is time for a fun bit where she, well, oh, the drones are an issue, but she teaches him properly how to become a cold-blooded murderer. Well, he could 
he could be firing on the drones. That could be the montage. Oh my god, perfect! Mm-hmm. And, and takes one down. That's then... my change. Oh, is it? That's <laughs> great. That's really good. Um, yeah. That side-scrolling video game, though, set to Iggy Pop, "Real Wild Child." Oh yeah. Oh, I think they may have saved, if not the best action sequence, certainly the best song slash action combo till yeah. till the end. Yeah, it is. It's great. Um, Nick gets a. F- I don't know the, the name of the character. He's a bad dude, and she has a, a hand-to-hand combat with him. I think so that he can say the terrible line, which is "It's hammer time," which is bad. So he says, "Stop hammer time." Stop hammer time. Yeah. Which is great. No. And we also have the really sort of just the strangest reference, but obviously for people of a certain generation, fine. But I'm sure a lot of people go, what's that? Where she does a, a, a shit ton of coke and goes, my have the power. And you're like, <laughs> fuck, masters of the universe? Why not? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, so she powers up. I thought it was crystal. Man. Yeah, I think it is actually. But yeah. um, I feel like I've seen that before. I don't know. Uh, really? Yeah, is it not in Suicide Squad? Does someone not power up with drugs? No. No. Absolutely. 100%. No, no, that's fair. Maybe, maybe Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just feel like I've seen it. Okay. I don't know. Fine. Um, and then, so this is a big thing. And again, it's the writing. It's just like, mm, you nearly had it. It's fine. I'm not going to judge it too harshly. The, M- Miles and Nick's backs against the wall. It's desperate. What's going to happen now? And she says to him something like, do you want to know how I got this far? And he's like, he didn't ask, but cool, if you want to tell me. And it's like, here is a line. Here is a line that is going to be as cool as you deserve and make sense for your character and propels you into this fireball because you're about to uh, you know, set off these bombs that are strapped around you. And she just says, I didn't want to give them the satisfaction. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? It, it's, it's a weak line. So you can brainstorm a million funny lines in this. Yeah. You want to go? Well, or, or you want to do it, or you, you want to subvert it. She goes, do you know... How I got this far, and he goes, "How?" And she goes, "No fucking idea." Yeah, whatever. Some lines, um, or you know, something serious. I died in that fire. I'm already dead. Mm. Save the best for last. Whatever, yeah. but not by being better than you. Yeah, you yeah, fucking you idiot. fucking idiot. There's so many millions of lines, and she could do any of them. But to say I didn't want to give them the satisfaction is like, yeah, no, I bet you didn't. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you the satisfaction of killing me. Yeah. I give up. So she walks towards them and there's firing everyone, and then she explodes the belt around her body, and she's gone. And you're just like, oh, I mean, did I miss a post-credits thing? Where she's not gone. No, and, and uh, it would take a hell of a lot to come back from that. Yeah, I mean, her head comes off. It's not outside the parameters of a movie like this. I just don't want her to die. I know. I mean, you, she gets a good death because she gets the Christ pose. She, does, <laughs> she yeah. explodes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but if you, I mean, the whole idea of it's like if this this sets up a sequel at the end. A sequel without Nicks is not a sequel I want to see. Yeah, that's the thing. So we get our final fight on the roof. And I love the, I love the fact, I, th- I think it's brilliant, that Miles doesn't get the girl. And they do the fake out where Nova runs towards him. I like it. Really? Because I do like the line that it, it, whatever he says, it turns out watching your boyfriend mm. murder I've someone gives you yeah. PTSD. I think that's awesome. In real life, watching your ex pistol whip some guy's teeth out gives you PTSD, not a raging lady boner. Lady boner I have an issue with, but mm. giving you PTSD is fair and probably true and all the rest of it. So I like that. But this is what I think this is what Chris mentioned at the start. It's horribly real. It's like you've sort of bought into the wackiness and the craziness of this movie. And then right at the end, they Mm. decide to say, and this this is the moment where actually we're sort of pulling back the curtain. And actually, this is real now. And actually, he's bleeding out on a rooftop. And you're like, what what have you given me for the last one hour and a half? Are you then now telling me off for enjoying everything I've seen before by going, he sort of, they lean on it kind of at the start where he sort of says, uh, it turns out firing a gun is a lot louder in real life. So they kind of set up like... It's subverting expectations. That's what they're trying to do, I think, at every turn. And you're either on board with it or not. I I liked it because it was different. Mm. Yes. It's a bit cheeky that she turns his literal story into a comic for money. Which, although is a good way to process trauma, if she's not talking to him, it's just a bit rich, isn't it? But he's happy. He seems quite happy. Um, so this bit I didn't get. So now he's—I'm just hung up on these little things because my brain is like, where is the satisfaction for me? He's got a really awesome car. So did he become rich by being on schism? Oh, I, I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because there was a moment here where I was like, oh shit. He runs Schism ha! and he set this whole thing up to grow viewers. Cool. And actually he's off to the next city to do the same thing again. That's a brilliant idea. I was like, I, the minute, because he looks so slick and it's all, and like, he's so common. I was like, this was, he basically inserted himself in the game yeah. because he knew to it would. boost the figures. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah, it's not explained. Uh, in my head, I just sort of put two and two together and thought, well, he's now the most famous person. He's become yeah. a legend. Therefore, money will be rolling in somehow. And he's got a somehow. list of like every single city in the world. And he's like, I'm just going to go and sort this shit out. Um, I just, fine, whatever. That's fine. I, he's cool enough in that moment to pull it off. I just was like, what is your arc? Was your arc, you couldn't face trolls in real life. You were a keyboard warrior, blah, blah, blah. And now you can? I think it's that he he genuinely keeps saying at the start that he's sort of lost. He doesn't have purpose. He's wasting his life, messing mm. about on the internet, drinking beers, sitting in his dressing gown. And now he has a purpose. Which yeah. is murdering. And, and I think Which he is sorting the world out. I guess you're right. I guess he's taken dealing with like the badness of the internet mm. from like sitting on his sofa arguing with trolls to actually mm. really solving the badness of and the internet. And you're right, because I think the last thing he says is he's got a job to do. Mm. Yeah. Purpose. He's gone which from no purpose. Which will be participating in death matches, which will boost the ratings of the death matches. Uh, well, no, because he's no longer a player in Schism. Oh, okay. So he's just a guy who's going to go and kill the people running Schism. He's not going to be parta- oh, participating in death matches. I missed that. I thought he was going to go and... He's going to get all the Richters. Yeah. Oh, I see. He's going to go kill all that. the big bosses. Because when he scrolls down the screen, there's a line through Richter and then there's a face of the next guy who's the Richter in another which is a baby. Which is a baby. The baby. <laughs> baby holding a Molotov cocktail. Um, I think we'll end on that note. Mm. That's it. Happy? Mm. Good. All right. Do you want to do the bits then? Yeah. <laughs> You're not happy? No. <laughs> Just the way you paused was a bit disconcerting. Oh, God. Stop having a go at me. You're making me. I didn't have a go at you. I didn't say fucking I've earned my place in this room, okay? I have done enough. <laughs> Can we do the bits? Suck my yeah. clit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Chris, your best scene. I like Nix's introduction. Mm. Um, no, sorry, not her introduction, her second scene where she's shooting everyone. Yeah. The first scene's the driving scene, but I just think it's so well shot. It sets the scene and it's it's just spectacular. Yeah. You? I like uh, Nix's introduction. Wait, sorry, not her introduction, the scene that Chris is talking about. <laughs> her second scene. <laughs> the ballroom blitz fight, as I've written it down yes. for convenience. Okay. It's amazing. It yeah. looks beautiful. It's set to a song that it could have maybe not been set to but it fine worked so fuck it yeah yeah. Oh, well I will choose Miles realising he's got to use gun hands I think it's funny I like it do you know why it's good it's because he's sunk like a lot of beers the night before yeah. and they make sure his pee is really dark yeah they do hangover wee <laughs> it's proper yes. proper you haven't drunk water in a long yeah. time wee and I really appreciated that it's the little touches and yeah. it's, it's fun seeing Daniel Radcock <laughs> oh yeah, you forgot you've seen Redcock. <laughs> Do you? Not well, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a prosthetic. A prosthetic yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't Bouncing great, around. Great fun. Flapping around. Uh, what's your most valuable whatever, Alex? I think we know the answer to that. Yeah. Tomorrow weaving. Yeah. She's so good. I mean, she like I, the character is great. She does really well with it. I mean, she's just great in general. Yeah. So. Uh, Samara Weaving. Same. Yeah, also me. Yeah. Because she does some big acts as well. She's she's scared of fire, which you'd think is a bit ridiculous because like animals are scared of fire, but she's got the backstory and she does look genuinely scared. So she gets to do all of it. We're uh, going to have to do all her films and yeah. she's the MVW of them all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you change, Chris? I said it, didn't I? Um, I needed an explanation for Nick's being able to kill uh, every assassin, but then not Miles. Um, mm. I don't know. I thought a funny thing might be to, not funny, dark thing might be to have the news reporting Miles as a disgruntled ex boyfriend and a disgruntled former employee and yeah. just sort of he becomes this real villain of sort of, you know, Ooh, yeah, a good. proper incel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this this white middle class bloke who's just lost it one day and gone around shooting everyone. I think it'd be interesting to have that playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Destroying his life. What about you? I mean, yeah, I, I touched on it earlier. I certainly think you can't have Nick's failing to kill Miles for the duration of the movie. So I certainly think it'd be more fun to have more players in Schism at any one time that um, are going after Daniel Radcliffe, who are shit, um, and, and do fail. But ultimately, the big one that I have is Nick's sacrificing herself when she has all the C4 strapped to her. This is such a classic setup that we've seen a gazillion times where it's someone who's like not the hero, but the hero's accomplice who's like, I'm going to do this. This is my time to go. Strapped it to her and she runs down the corridor and she's outnumbered and everyone's firing at her. This movie of every movie I've ever watched, the entire sense of humour of this film, its subversive nature dictates that not a single person hits her she just chucks the C4 and walks off and doesn't die. Yeah. Like, that is how that scene plays out for the funniest possible reaction, which is that in her big sacrifice, 
they fail to kill her and she survives. Yep. Yeah, man, it's just don't kill Nick's. Like, or make Nova less of an angel. Like, there's nothing wrong with Nova. She's just good. She's just good. And she was good for Miles, but she's not with Miles. So I not to throw a woman under the bus, but the classic way of doing this with the loser is she's a bit shrill and she's a bit of a nightmare, but he's enthralled to her. And then he realises that he's better off without her and all the rest of it. So I don't want to create a woman like that, but that is kind of what I was expecting. Is the, de- is the death of Nick's not important to this story then? I don't think so. No. No. It doesn't, it doesn't tie up anything. Her entire family's died. So if anything, she should survive. Yeah. There was no big emotional beat for me other than my love for the character. I just thought the ending of her story was 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 killing the man. Her, her, she doesn't kill who, him. She who, says to Daniel Radcliffe, make sure you kill him for yeah. me, mm. which is mad because that's her one driving mission. Good point. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean... No, fair enough. I, I guess just wanted to ask the question. I, the, only, the only reason to kill her is because she has murdered a lot of people and possibly not all of them players in schism so there's an argument that she is actually a bad one um, she's not a well person and that <laughs> she's like killed a lot of people and has no remorse over that yeah and, she's too far gone mm, to be rehabilitated and so for her to survive it's like well I don't understand how she would function in this new world yep. after the movie okay that's it Alex do you want to take us through the verdict it's time for the verdict. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! All right, then. Uh, so my choice is this week. Who's going to go first? Chris? Mm, tough one. I wasn't sure going into this. Yeah, Gu- me neither. Guns Akimbo made me feel very old because of all the noise. <laughs> and Running Mad made me feel very young because of all the nostalgia. Um, but I'm going to have to make a decision here, aren't I? I think Geeky Programmer, even though it's a cliche, Vicky, I agree with you. I think it's more interesting as a protagonist than Giant Super Cop. Sure. <laughs> um, the action is on a different level in Guns Akimbo as well because it's actual action. I like the way it tries to chastise the audience for enjoying this um, in a way that Running Man doesn't bother with. And it also it has an actual ending. The Running Man doesn't have an ending. No. There's not a big climax. It's just, it happens off screen and it's rubbish. So uh, for all those reasons, I think Guns Akimbo is the better film. <gasps> that is one. Other Guns Akimbo. Victoria. I was really looking forward to Guns Akimbo because I was in just the right mood for it. And it was exactly what I thought it would be, which is empty and very sugary fun. And I'd just seen The Running Man, which is pretty stupid yep. <laughs> as a film. <laughs> yep. But... I think Guns Akimbo is the sort of movie you have to have on in the background because if you pay too much attention like I was, it might just be me. You just, too many questions, just like, what? who are these random bad guys? Why are the, why are the bad guys you meet in the scrapyard random bad guys? Why are, the, why are these script points not matching up the way that I think they should? Um, because and then it, it all you know it kills the, and it does kill the best thing in it, which is Nick's Running Man. You can sit down and watch. And even I do have a few problems with Arnie, and he's he's got a real neck grabbing issue with Amber, which I'm not into. Like when they kiss and they're walking off, he's got hold of the back of her neck, which just makes me feel a bit queasy. Um, but yeah, on the basis that it's a film and not a music video, The Running Man. Note, note to self: Stop grabbing necks after kissing. Um, that's a nut. It's one for the running man. Okay. That's right. oh, yeah. Wow. Here we go. <laughs> Look how excited he is. I am kind of excited. I feel a little bit like you when you're not sure though, because I was mm. I was really, really, really close on this. Um, I think there's a way better movie in Guns and Kimbo than the one we get. It fluffs uh, a lot of things, but I love the tone, the action, the chaos. Running Man though, massive nostalgia factor for me. Both movies totally screw up their twist of having the protagonist die and then not die. Ultimately, my vote goes to a movie that misses its mark a little too often, but has Nick's killing everyone to Iggy Pop. So Guns Akimbo is my vote. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. I no, thought I you were going to do Running Man. I thought you were as well, to be honest. I'll be honest. I think I would sooner watch The Running Man again than Guns Akimbo. Mm. I'm done with that film. And Running Man, I'll go back to, but... For nostalgia, not yes. for the not for the quality of the mm, film. Exactly, it's yeah. tricky. Well done. Well, congratulations to Arnie, to our friend Steve D'Souza, mm. um, and our to friend. the Kissing Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the best interview in the world, isn't he, Stephen D'Souza? Because uh, he's not great if you want to ask a question. Oh no, that's what I mean. If you if you, if you, have, <laughs> if you want an easy life, you go hello, Stephen D'Souza, and then that's an hour that. later you go. 
Thank you, Stephen D'Souza. <laughs> Was anything you just told me true? <laughs> uh, he's a great storyteller. Uh, well, congratulations to all of those running people. Um, on to next week. Uh, the clue I gave was teens on the town. So <laughs> we're doing 1987's Adventures in Babysitting and we're pitting it against 1986's... Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, Ferris is on Netflix and available to rent pretty much everywhere else. Adventures is on Disney Plus and available to rent pretty much everywhere else. But do make sure you're watching the 1987 version of Adventures in Babysitting because we're doing an 80s double. We're not doing the recent remake. Yeah. And are we doing a triple threat week with Jonah Hill's The Sitter? <laughs> or don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. <laughs> or Samara Weaving's the babysitter. Right? No, we're doing it with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. And that's your lot. You're right. I'm happy. You with look that. angry. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. No. 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 I'm, I'm just. It's just new. I'm just absorbing. This is my absorption. It's not new phase. information. No. It's to me. <laughs> it's not. Literally him. discussed it last week I'm in this room. <laughs> okay. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Um, if you like what you heard, do the nice podcast things, or better still, tell a friend. And we'll be back on Monday with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we do next week? <laughs> he has to have the last word, doesn't he? Yeah. No. <laughs> this was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.